slid back when like a child running wild in the outside you got older older ready ready okay are we recording you were recording oh wow great Welcome to another episode of Smile You Love Us, a podcast where we discuss the wide world of teen movies, what they mean to us, and their impact on pop culture as a whole. I'm Blythe. And I'm Erin. Woo-woo! <laughs> so, as usual, all of our teen movies take place mm-hmm. in the U.S. of A., and they focus on high schoolers. Today we're talking about three very different films that all have a sim- some similar threads. Outsiders moving to town, and opposites attract romance, and most importantly, tons and tons of dancing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about Footloose, the OG of teen dancing movies, Save the Last Dance, and Step Up. Um, they all film us, fill us, not film us, they don't film us, with hormonal adrenaline of self-expression through dance. You can't see it, but I'm doing jazz hands right now. Big, like, starburst jazz hands. They all have heartthrobs. They all transform their lives in some way through the love of dance. They all have the era, a very of the era soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And they all inspired thousands of teenage girls to take hip hop lessons. Some of us are still taking those hip hop lessons. You, oh, that's right. We got five. <laughs> Let's get to it. Woohoo. So I'm going to start us off with Footloose. It was released in 1984, and rewatching this movie makes me really understand why moms are so hot for uh, Kira Sedgwick's husband, Kevin Bacon, who I'm going to refer to as Mr. Kevin Kira Sedgwick. Absolutely. Um, he stars as Ren McCormick, who is honestly a teen idol. Like, when we talk about canon movie teens, Ren McCormick. Yes. He's there. Uh, he arrives to town on a Sunday morning and attends church services at Reverend Shaw Moore's church, where the Reverend's daughter Ariel and her friends, a notable uh, young Sarah Jessica Parker, as Rusty, the friend, are, are in attendance. Having moved from Chicago uh, with his mother to live with his aunt and uncle, Wren is a definitive outsider. I'm for <coughs> excuse me, all those dry nuts I ate before recording. Just been gargling dry nuts there. <laughs> you you have to. Um, on the first day of school, Ren shows up looking very David Bowie, staying inspired, and sticks out big time. He befriends Willard, who's played by Chris Penn of Sean Penn Relation. Did not know they were related. Wait, I might be making that up. I meant to fact check that. Well, too late. Uh, too late. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Allegedly. Alleg- they kind of look alike. I did. I, I mean, like a vibe. when you said that, I was like, "Oh, I didn't know that." And I'm gonna check on that though. And also pisses off Ariel's. Uh, so he befriends Willard, who's like a hick, and then he pisses off Ariel's loser macho boyfriend Chuck, um, who's also a hick, but like a different kind of hick. He has like dead animals hanging in his truck. So Chuck challenges Ren to a game of chicken, and this is a completely minor plot point that I would skip over. If it wasn't the scene that, like, had me all in. Like, I was watching it in bed, and I sat up. I was like, oh, I am here. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they're racing tractors while holding out for a hero plays. And it's, like, dramatic. And I text Blythe, like, this is camp. Like, I understand camp now. It was amazing. So, Ren wins, and he really intrigues Ariel, who's rebellious and really hell-bent on proving that she is just not 
a small town girl, which is absolutely what she is. <laughs> so Ren gets into some trouble with Chuck uh, being his adversary as an outsider, and he's not accustomed to Beaumont's, like, really weird rules that aren't too clear. Like, they don't pass out a manual that's like, you can't do these things, but there's certainly a way that things are done. So soon he realizes that if he wants to have any self-expression, he needs to either head out of town or change some rules. He and Ariel begin to date because she likes shiny new things that scream rebellion, <laughs> and he sees her for who she really is, a more sensitive person than the rebellious preacher's daughter act that she puts on. Around this time, Ren also discovers that the town has a ban on dancing, and um, as a former gymnast and lover of cool things, Ren is determined to overturn this. Yeah, the gymnast was like a big part of his backstory. Self yeah, that was not clear to me. It wasn't clear. It was like about one scene and then mentioned. Um, yeah, there's another gymnast in this movie in the movies that we talked about. I was just, I was very... Um, we didn't have a gymnastics team at, like, my very well-funded, larger suburban school, so I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Beaumont, <laughs> town population of 2,000, has a gym, gymnastics team. <clears throat> so, Ren is determined to overturn the dancing role, and to complicate matters, um, Reverend Shaw is the one who is so enthusiastically in support of the band, because his son, uh, Ariel's brother, had died in a car accident a few years back on his way home from a dance. Yes, it had nothing to do with the drinking... Or, no, or the or the or the reckless driving, sm small bridge or yeah. wet road or anything like that. Um, Reverend the town council. I just like to say, like, I feel so so silly right now for summarizing Footloose because I feel like it's like just part of the cultural canon. But bear with us. I will say that there are people out there that listen to our podcast that I know for a fact have not watched Footloose, and I'm hoping that this summary Inspires makes you. them want to. Because yeah. Okay. I know someone who is a gymnastics fan as well as a teen movie fan, and so I'm... That seems very pointed to someone. I'm talking to you, Chloe. You should watch this movie. <laughs> oh, is Chloe your big fan? Yeah. Oh, Chloe, please listen. I mean, please watch. <laughs> All right, we're going off the rails a bit already. i got to reel it back in. So, Reverend and the town council vote against Ren wanting to throw the dance, and Ariel and the Reverend's wife... Um, now I can't remember her name, but she's an amazing... Diane Weiss. Diane Weiss, yeah. Um, like, just so beautiful in this movie. She was actually only nine years older than... I thought about yeah. that. I was like, is there an opposite of the Peter Fascinelli Award? Yeah, like, like way too, too hot, hot to be a mom? mom? Yeah. So they both make emotional pleas for Reverend Shaw to reconsider and trust the youth. Um, and Shaw sees the flaw in, like, all of his fears and kind of, like, fear-mongering and need for repression when the town starts literally burning books from the town library that are considered dangerous for youth. Also a very campy scene. Like, they're just, yes. like, they're lighting a metal trash can in the middle of, like, um, a parking lot on fire and just throwing, like, running from the library yes. throwing books in there. Um, the movie ends with a truly elect... So the dance gets approved, and then the movie ends with a truly electric dance scene and Chuck getting his ass kicked. There's amazing 80s hair and dresses and prom decorations. Like, it looks and a, so and good. And a Kenny Loggins theme song. I'm sorry to forget the most important Kenny Loggins theme song. It's one of the best prom sequences I've ever seen. Totally. It so was good. incredible. So good. Except I want a Footloose Instagram filter on my life. Yes! Well, especially because they have those, like shiny thing like there's a lot of visual effects yeah yeah love it okay uh a few fun facts kevin bacon was offered the leading role i pulled this straight from imdb 
so I'm just going to paraphrase them. Kevin Bacon was offered, he'd only been in this movie Diner, which I'd never seen, but was referenced a lot in this trivia. So he was offered the lead role for a Stephen, the Stephen King movie, Christine, which I've also never seen, at the exact same time that he was doing screen tests for Footloose. And so the producers of Footloose had to convince Kevin Bacon to turn down like a, jo- like a paying job in a Stephen King movie for like just the possibility of doing Footloose. Um, and they told him that, like, if he got the part in Footloose, like, he would absolutely be a star. And according to this, like, urban legend, 30 seconds into his screen test, they stopped him and gave him the role. Which is, like, I wow, buy it. wow, wow. I buy yeah. it, though. He's so good in this. He's so cute in this. Um, and then Ariel, this made me so sad because the woman who plays her is fine, but, like, she hasn't really been in much since. I didn't even write down her name, which is rude of me, but... Um, here's a list of every other actress that was offered the role. And the actress who plays Ariel is, like, very attractive oh, and yeah. a little kooky on screen and, like, captures that frenetic, scary energy. I mean, she's 80s bod hot. Yeah. I mean, she's got, like, the most fishing 80s bod yeah. I've ever seen. A lot of body suits, yes. big hair. Okay, so here are all of the actresses in the 80s who were offered the role. Not just tested for it, because Madonna tested for it. Oh my god, what? Here are all the actresses that were offered this role. Daryl Hannah, Elizabeth McGovern, Melanie Griffith, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jamie Lee Curtis, Rosanna Arquette, Meg Tilly, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, Heather Locklear, Meg Ryan, Jennifer Jason Lee, Jodie Foster, Phoebe Cates, Tatum O'Neill, Bridget Fonda, Lori Loughlin, Diane Lane, and Brooke Shields. That means that the actress who played it was the 19th choice of known names. Of these actresses. And Madonna. Yeah. My jaw's on the floor. No, Madonna didn't get offered it. She just tested for but it. But still, the Insane. fact that this woman got it over Madonna. Like, can we just play a quick game and say, would this movie be better with any of these other actresses? Um, She did have Daryl Hannah vibe to her. Like, she reminded me of Daryl Hannah before I even saw this. Because she's got that, like... She's got, like, big cheekbones and, like, got not a masculine face, but, like, a striking kind of face. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would obviously have loved to have seen... I think Jennifer Jason Lee could have been great in it. Jennifer Jason Lee. I think Michelle Pfeiffer would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. I... Um, she was just saving up for Grease, too. Of course. Um, Diane Lane! Diane Lane is too sweet. Okay. Um, Tatum O'Neill could have been good. Yeah. Brooke Shields, is, thing. Brooke Shields is not um, edgy enough. Yeah. Although she's pretty edgy in the 80s. Just, like, t- wild. Truly wild. Julia Louis-Dreyfus would have just stolen focus and been way too... It would have been a different movie. It would have been a very different movie. That I would movie. probably watch every weekend. Like <laughs> <laughs> She's a queen. Um, Rosanna Arquette would have been great, too, but... I mean, like, there's a lot of people in here who went on to have very iconic late 80s, early 90s, like, movies as, like, kick-ass ladies. So. Yeah. Phoebe Cates... I mean, I will just say this. Every single woman on this list, I think, would have been better than the actress we got. Yeah. Yeah. She was fine. She was fine. But there's a reason you don't remember her name, and I don't remember her name, and we just watched this movie. That's true. And I looked at their IMDb page, like, all weekend. So. Yeah. Uh, A few other fun facts. Uh, Well, just one big fun fact. This is, like, a very small world 90s, I'm sorry, 80s dance world so Kevin Bacon had to have a dance double because it's like very he's very athletic in a lot of the dancing especially that warehouse scene and so the man who was his um 
dance double in the movie was married to the dance double for Jessica Biel, Jennifer Beals in Footloose. Oh my god. Isn't that like... Wait, in Flashdance. Flashdance. Sorry, sorry. That's crazy. That is... Yeah, let me just say that again because that was poorly executed. The man who played Kevin Bacon's dance double in Footloose was married to Jennifer Beals of Flashdance's dance double. So the dance doubles got married. They were like a power couple. That's power incredible. dance double couple. That's I know. So 80s. Power dance double couple. Say that. Power dance double couple. That'll be my <laughs> new vocal warm-up. My new joke. I have to say, double. it's a little, it takes it away a little bit from Kevin Bacon that he used a dance body double. I mean, I know he it was. He was really mad about it. And I know it was so athletic, the dancing he was doing, yeah. so I get it. But I am a little, knowing that now, it kind of changes how I feel about it. But not totally, because it's he really sold the character. Yeah, but he really sold it. I really wanted to know that it was Kevin Bacon, just like, and he in that warehouse yeah, just it going. Was, it was nuts. for him for part of it, but it was a dance double. I like that he was mad about it though. He's yeah. like, "Let me do this. I can do this." Well, it seems like from what I was reading that he wasn't fully aware of like how much dancing would be in the movie, or like how intense the dancing would be, and so he was like, "I got this," and the studio was like. Uh, <laughs> you don't got this. Fair. Okay. So in 2011, actually way before 2011, in like 2008, discussions began around remaking Footloose mm. as a film because it was made into a Broadway musical um, in like the 90s, and I definitely saw it at regional theater companies and like high schools and stuff, and it was great. Translates well to a musical. I believe that. Um, but they wanted to remake it because, you know, we can't just let good things be good things. So, um, it was released in 2011. Blythe and I attempted to rewatch this remake starring Julianne Ho, Hogue, uh, Huff. Huff, Julianne Huff. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Kenny Warmald, uh, play, uh, plays Ren, and Miles Teller plays... Willard. And I was really the one that pushed for watching this remake because of Miles Teller and because it yeah. is, I thought it would be important to see, like, how are teens interpreting Footloose in the last, you know, six years? Like, what was the remake like? Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, Aaron, that I made us rent <laughs> and then watch this movie. It's true. We spent $4 that we'll never get back and 40 minutes of our time and then we just couldn't take it anymore. We literally, we were watching it, and we just decided that we needed a drink. So we stopped, we paused it, and as we were pouring ourselves cocktails, Blythe was like, I just can't do it anymore. And so we went back in, and we realized that we had watched 40 minutes, but there was still like an hour and 20 minutes left of the film. And I just, I couldn't keep going. It was so bad. There were so many extended dance sequences in those 40 minutes. Um, it had this, like, really glossy, late-aughts, like, music video vibe to it. Julianne Huff is adequate. Keddy Warmald is, like, very nice to look at. We'll give him that. And you said he is, like, a professional dancer. Yeah, he was just... So Justin Timberlake nominated him... Or not, like, suggested that he be in this movie because he was, like, Justin Timberlake's main backup dancer for, like, oh. years. Oh. Um, Zach Everyone was supposed to be Ron McCormick. I think I like that better. So much better. And he was, like, coming off of High School Musical and was like, I don't want to be known just for singing and dancing. So he did this movie, Charlie St. Cloud, which he's in college in that. Otherwise, we would totally do that movie because it's so bad. 
Um, but he definitely started to pivot in in not taking Footloose. But I, I think he would have. I think Footloose would have been much better with him. I agree. Because he, Zac Efron is a great charismatic on screen presence, yes. and I think could probably have chemistry with a brick wall. Yes. And like these people had no chemistry. No. Miles Teller had chemistry with himself. And barely, he but was barely because in it. he is Miles Teller and he is just that dynamic. But everything else was just very hard. And they, my problem with it is that they used the dialogue almost line for line, line, for line. but it just paled in comparison. I think they should have just done a total rewrite, but used the same concept. Right, you it, could have done that. Yes. Um, also, like real, what made us need a drink was. Um, Teen movies used to do a lot more of this, and then, like, they almost kind of overdid it, where there would just be extended sequences of of sad music playing, or, like, morose music playing with characters just doing things and, like, looking out the window. And so they did that in this movie, and the song that was playing was the worst version of Holding Out for a Hero we've ever heard. It was, like... Sad. And no. Hard. Yes. It was. And they so did that weird. with several songs from the original Footloose. They took all of the dynamic '80s rock songs from Footloose and made bad acoustic slow jam covers of them as an homage. Not it, even slow jam covers, like Starbucks. Yes, like acoustic. Like it's open mic night at your <laughs> at your college <laughs> coffee shop, uh-huh. and. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. You, it was terrible. And we literally had to turn it off. And I'm, you know... This is our first give up. It really is. I mean, we've watched a lot of bad movies. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we just said, no, thank you. So we could not do it. There's not enough wine in the world to make me... Also, I have to mention this because it bothered me the whole time. Kenny Wormald is Australian. And his character oh. was supposed to be from Boston. So, so Chicago, which is where... So he decided, like, I'm going to you know, shoot my shot and try to have a Boston accent. It was the most... It honestly, I you just couldn't understand him. I called him a budget Mark Wahlberg. Which is... But Mark Wahlberg is, like, from Boston, obviously. And this was, like, you'd hear, like, weird Australian words come through, and then it was so bad. It was so bad. And then and you would kind of forget, like, that he was trying to do a Boston accent, and, like, a new, a new line would start, and you'd be like, oh, my God, what is he doing? And it just totally took you out of the movie because you were just so very aware that this kid is not a kid that moved from Boston to this tiny town in Georgia. No. You were like, this is an actor who's a very good dancer, who's Australian, who's trying really hard to do a Boston accent. It just, yeah. like, removed you from the movie entirely. We can move on from Footloose. <laughs> um, we cannot recommend the remake. We, we loved the original. Yeah. We love the original. Loved it. And should not be remade unless you're going to do your totally own dialogue spin and everything. I think that part of the charm of Footloose is that it has that 80s nostalgia vibe. So For I sure. don't think that a remake... Like, do it on stage all you want. Do it yeah. in high schools across America. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that 80s vibe should can be replicated and should be taken away. I agree. Moving right along, Blythe. Save the Last Dance is also uh, an iconic teen dance movie. It came out in 2001, and like Election and the Footloose remake Aaron and I just (laughs) discussed, it was produced by MTV Films, which might explain why I saw it, like, on TV five times a week for roughly all four years I was in high school. I couldn't believe it. 
I was like, oh, Say the Last Dance is on. Oh, oh. It was on every day. It was crazy. It was like it that. It was always available. Like that and Varsity Blues were always on MTV at some point. It didn't yeah. matter. Anyway, they were really good at promoting their own. Their good own for them. What a machine. Say the Last Dance stars Julia Stiles. Our uh, team teen dream is back again. As Sarah Johnson, which is a very white name for a very white lady. And her dancing partner slash love interest, Derek, played by Sean Patrick Thomas. Sarah's parents are divorced, and when Sarah's mom dies tragically in a car accident, Sarah has to move to Chicago to live with her dad, Roy, who was a jazz musician, played by Terry Kinney. It's in Chicago at her new predominantly black high school that Sarah meets Derek, first in class, and then again through her only friend at the school, Chenille, played by the incomparable Carrie Washington, who happens to be Derek's sister. So she meets him in class, and they have sort of like a... Banter. A little banter, and then... She's in the cafeteria with Chenille, who, like, saved her from sitting at a loser table. Just, like, has a heart of gold and decides, I'm going to pity this, like, poor white girl and bring her into the the cool clique. And Julia Stiles sees Derek from across the room and is like, oh, that guy's such an asshole. And Chenille's like, that's my brother. Why don't you chill? He is an asshole. (laughs) He just had an opinion. It was fine. No, they they made that joke. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, she was like, yeah, I guess he is. And then she's like, oh, well, you should come to this club with us, Steps. And then Sarah and Derek and Chenille all go to this club called Steps, which is like the social scene for all of them. And that's kind of where Derek and Sarah really like start to get to know each other. And then he decides, he offers to help her with her dance moves because uh, he can tell that she's not, sort of not used to this kind of music. It's not clear where she's coming from, but it's, like, what city she lived in with her mom. But it's yeah. an obviously a very suburban, very white... I Her friend tells her that she needs to pray before her audition. It's very Christian. Yeah. So he can tell that she's not that comfortable. And it gives me, like, my favorite line in the film when he asks her, how'd you like Steps once you got used to the music? And she replies... That's not the first time I've heard hip hop, Derek. <laughs> like the, it was just so. I don't know if she meant to deliver it as hilariously as she did, but Probably not. it was iconic. So they start like hanging out together and like learning. She he's basically teaching her how to dance so she doesn't embarrass herself at steps. But then he learns that she's actually a trained ballet dancer with dreams of going to Juilliard. So their after-school dance sessions quickly evolve into this very serious training and choreographing for her upcoming audition. And he really is the one who encourages her to do ballet again because she kind of, after her mom died, she sort of like left it. And then Derek inspires her to pick it up again and do this audition. And Derek, on his own, has plenty of ambition himself. He really wants to become a pediatrician. He's really, really dedicated to going to a really good school and spends the whole first half of the movie just, like, waiting for an acceptance letter from Georgetown, which, spoiler alert, he is accepted. And both... Way to go, Derek. Way to go. I mean, it was a really nice scene. It was just really beautiful, because you can tell how hard he worked. And and also because Kerry Washington was in it. She's electric in this movie. I forgot... How did I forget? Um, we'll get to that when we talk about it. So both Sarah and Derek struggle with guilt and regret from their past that almost keep them from pursuing their dreams. For Sarah, it's the death of her mother, which Sarah feels like she caused because her mother died in a car accident on her way to Sarah's first Juilliard audition. And for Derek, it's his best childhood friend Malachi going to jail 
instead of flipping on Derek when they were both arrested for what sounds to be like pretty serious larceny charges that they were both responsible for, but Malachi takes the heat. So when Malachi returns from juvenile detention, he starts selling drugs and elicits Derek's help in threatening a rival drug dealer. He's basically saying, Derek, you're the only guy I can trust. I need to, like, this rival gang's on my corner. I need to send them a message. And Derek's like, I don't think so. That sounds really dangerous, and you should probably get out of this drug dealing life because we all know where it's going to lead to. And, hey, you should try college, like me. And Malachi's like, I don't think that that's an option for me, dog. Like, sorry, we don't have the same ambition or ability to get out of this tragic circumstance that I found myself in. So they go their separate ways and Derek finally realizing that he's lost his best friend but knows that it's for the best because they're so starkly set on different paths goes to Sarah's audition to show his support for her. She's accepted in Juilliard. He's going to Georgetown. It ends at her audition which she you know, dances beautifully and does their choreographed dance so well. And the judge says, off the record, you got in. You're in Juilliard. Congratulations. (laughs) The movie also deals with the complications of interracial dating. And there is a very crackling scene between Chenille and Sarah when Chenille implores Sarah to open up her pretty brown eyes to the realities of black life in America. Unfortunately, the movie never digs much deeper than that, uh, though you can tell it's trying. And although it's 18 years old, this film seems just as relevant to the whole quote-unquote woke landscape of America today. I wish that we had not just said that this film was 18 years old. Like, that just felt like a dagger in my heart. Sorry. Long. Oh my god. Yeah. Way to make me feel old. Okay. Yeah. Yikes, yikes, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Some fun trivia about this old-ass movie, Save the Last Dance. We're just old-ass people, I guess. <laughs> it was directed by Thomas Carter, who also directed 1993 Swing Kids which is another teen dance movie that I thought about doing, but I chose, I decided we shouldn't cover it because it's like really more about Nazi Germany, and we just did a whole podcast about fascism and neo-Nazism, yeah. and so I don't, I also, thought we just let we it lie. Take place, everything has to take place in the U.S., remember? Oh, that's right, sorry. It's a big rule. That's, it's one of our two rules. I also, it. I'm breaking the rules. Sorry. If we're going to break the rules, it's going to be for your beloved Harry Potter, not for Swing Kids. Or for Center Stage. <laughs> we're not talking about Center Stage! You br- don't bring it up if you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Sorry, this is not the Center Stage podcast that we promised well, it would no. be. Remember, we found out this weekend that the guy who made the 2011 Footloose hadn't directed anything else except literally a million Center Stage yes. derivatives. Yes. So... Let's just all agree that center stage. We're all thinking about it while we're also always. thinking about these we're other teen dance movies. We're always about it because it's amazing. Also, I think the dancing in center stage is better than all of these movies. Uh, yeah, <laughs> 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 that Red Hot Chili dance. Yeah, amazing. Anyway, uh, if you do like uh, a young Christian Bale and a young Robert Sean Leonard, aka Neil from Dead Poets Society, wearing really great suits and dancing wildly to Benny Goodman, then I hi- highly recommend Swing Kids. Uh, Thomas Carter also directed Coach Carter, which I believe we will be covering soon when we do one of our teen sports movie pods. Another fun fact is that Julia Stiles cited her table dance scene in 10 Things I Hate About You. This is in the party when she has a few too many tequila shooters and gets on the on the table and starts dancing to B.I.G.'s Juicy. Mm-hmm. And um, she cites that as the reason she got an audition for this film, which I totally believe. Yeah. 
This film also stars Bianca Lawson as Derek's ex-girlfriend, Nikki, who some people may know from Dar- as Darla from Queen Sugar. I know her as a frequent guest star on two excellent teen TV shows, MTV's Teen Wolf and CW's The Vampire Diaries. I, I love a spooky teen show. You do. I really do. do. Really and do. I highly recommend both of those. I've heard um, great things about um, Vampire Diaries, obviously. Really good. Yeah. Save the Last Dance was written by Dwayne Adler, who... Believe it or not, also wrote the screenplay for our next movie, which is Step Up. What? Tell us more about Step Up. Okay, so I have to start this discussion of Step Up with a confession. Oh my god, I forgot about this entirely. I'm so excited. Before this episode, I had never seen Step Up in its entirety. And in <laughs> fact, believed that Step Up and You Got Served were actually the same film. <laughs> So while I'm watching Step Up for the pod, I'm like, I don't really remember this, but I'm going to keep going because it's been a long time. Uh, and I just kept waiting for like a climactic dance battle to occur. And yeah. that scene just never came. There, there are no uh, dance troops in this that are no, battling no. each other. That is a very different movie. That is You Got Served. <laughs> Step Up and You Got Served are different films. <laughs> This is indefensible. These movies are not similar in any way. They don't share any cast numbers or musical numbers. It is a, they are totally different films. And all I can say is that both of these movies were played on VH1 a lot during a time when my recreational drug use was at its peak. And I was watching a lot of VH1 and MTV. And I, all I can say is in my brain, they were scrambled together. So now that I know better, I was, Really excited to finally see Step Up in its entirety. No commercials. and <laughs> No commercials. I, it, it, it was really, really fun to watch from beginning to end. It came out in 2004 and stars Channing Tatum as Tyler Gage and Jenna Dewan, formerly Jenna Dewan Tatum, as Nora Clark. So Tyler is like the quote-unquote bad boy. He's grown up in foster care. And Nora is this focused dancer attending the prestigious Maryland School of the Arts. So one night after a party, Tyler and his two friends, uh, brothers, Mac and Skinny, played by Demaine Radcliffe and Deshaun Washington, break into the Maryland School of the Arts. They don't really know what it is. They just are like after this party and decide to screw around. So they break into this high school and just start to trash its theater, costing a lot of damage to the school. So the security guard shows up, and while Tyler helps his friends escape, he's caught, and he accepts full blame for the vandalism, and is sentenced to 200 hours of community service, which he has to perform at the school. So while he's working, he basically is just a janitor that's unpaid. He sees this dance class going on, and he sees Nora, and he... She's preparing for what they call their senior showcase, which is this performance slash audition that helps determine whether or not they're going to get offered a job by these professional dance companies that I guess all come to the school's fall showcase because this is movie land and that's yeah, how, that's how things work, that's how things work yeah. in movie land. So Nora's partner for this senior showcase actually gets hurt and Tyler <laughs> offers to help because Nora's hot and he secretly loves dancing. And Nora begrudgingly accepts his help, and he she actually knows he can dance because she saw him, like, do a freestyle in the school's parking lot. And she also thinks he's hot. Because he's hot. Yeah, and he, he's Channing Tatum. He's, like, six foot three and, <laughs> like, a s- solid adult. 
Yes. There's so many ways to interpret that. Solid man. Channing Tatum. Solid adult. So she wants him to be her partner, but she still needs to get permission from the school's director because he's a non-student. Her request is approved, and during rehearsals, Rachel Griffiths is the is the yeah. principal, and she's great, great, casting. really good, great really casting. good. And she and Tyler like really start to fall for each other, and they're like teaching each other about their respective dance styles. Like Nora obviously has a very ballet contemporary background. Tyler is very hip hop, very. Uh, you got served esque, if I may, which is perhaps why I confuse these films. You may. Thank you. <laughs> so they really start to fall for each other, but of course, Nora has a boyfriend, um, this super annoying guy, Brett. But that doesn't stop Tyler from trying his best while he's at the school because he really do- he starts to really ingratiate himself to the students at the school. He befriends a musician at the school named Miles Darby, who is played by R and B singer Mario. And Mario, um, sorry, Miles has a crush on Nora's friend Lucy, played by Drew Sedora. So they all just start pounding around, and much to Brett's annoyance. But Brett's not in, he's not in the movie much, because Brett, who is, like, such a good douchebag. He's a great, great jerk. Like, Frosted Tips, like, way past, like, when Frosted Tips were cool. Yeah. Um, he's played by Josh Henderson, and... Uh, Nora eventually breaks up with him when she finds out that he signed a recording deal without Miles. His producing His partner. producer partner. Because, again, this is movie land where people who are 17 years old get offers from record companies. And then go back to school. Be- to finish out their senior yeah, year. No. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Jonas Brothers. <laughs> so, Nora breaks up with him because she's like, that's not cool. You betrayed your friend just for money. And he was like, what would you do? This is my dream. And she was like, I would look out for my friends. So they break up, but that means that, hello, Tyler and Nora can get together, which is great. Not a lot of friction there. No, they just, like, slide right into each other. So Tyler's, like, really... <laughs> they do. They literally slide. So, so Tyler is really having an issue with... He has this new group of friends, this new school. He's not even at the school. He's just rehearsing at the school, but yeah. he really feels connected to this performing arts program and meanwhile, his, like, other, his high school friends are kind of, like, dogging him for, you know, he keeps, like... He doesn't go to basketball. Yeah, he keeps ditching them. He, he stops stealing cars with them. Yeah. Like, he decides, I really like, oh, I really like being with this hot girl and dancing. Like, my bad. So, he finally decides he wants to ask the director of the school if she'll let him attend as a transfer student. And she says that he has to prove himself. And prove to her that he deserves a chance. So Nora hears this and suggests that he use the senior showcase as his entrance audition into the school. And they're both really psyched about it. And then there's this whole dance scene where they go to a club where Miles and Lucy are performing. And again, it's like movie magic. Like all of a sudden... The crowd's part. And, and they do like this choreographed dance where everyone in the place, because I guess they all go to Maryland performing art school probably and then but they all like know the song and know the choreographed dance it's it's very uh the the prom scene in um she's all that oh yeah yeah right where ushers the dj and then they're all like they all of a sudden know all the dance moves to the Mm -hmm. fat boy slim song so it's kind of like such a great scene now i'm lost in thought (laughs) so they do this like 
this club choreographed dance together, which is, like, very fun, but very movie magic and not that believable. Um, and that's kind of, like, seals their romantic relationship, and they keep rehearsing. And then her old rehearsal partner comes back and is like, I'm healed. And Tyler is like, oh, I guess you're ditching me for him now. And well, and they had also, like, reworked the dance so it was, like, a little cooler. Yes. And Andrew, like, couldn't be cool. Yes. Andrew. Bless his heart. Yeah. Couldn't. He couldn't step up, if you will. If you will. <laughs> so, uh, but Tyler doesn't really know. He doesn't really give Nora a chance. And he just, like, quits rehearsals. He goes back to his, like, janitorial work. And, you know, he hangs out with Mac and Skinny again. And Mac and, Tyler, um, Mac and Tyler go to this house party, and they tell Skinny he can't come because they promised their, his mom that they wouldn't let him go because he's actually pretty young. He's he must freshman. be like, he seems like 13. Yeah. Seems really young. Freshmen's for, freshmen are young. Yeah. So Skinny's upset that he can't go. He decides to steal a car and drive it back to the party, and then the actual owner of the car is kind of a serious guy and shoots him. Yeah. Which is really tragic, and I wasn't expecting it, and it didn't happen and You Got Served, so I really wasn't <laughs> expecting it. So, um, that was... I was expecting it because, like, I remember my friends who were obsessed with this movie would, like, cry every time it happened. It's very sad. It is very sad. And then they just... It's a little too heavy for Step Up. Agreed. Like, mm-hmm. couldn't they have just, like... Uh, something with less dire consequences. Yeah, very dire. Because they use his funeral as a way to have both Mac and Tyler sort of, like, re-examine their lives and be like, what am I doing with my life? And that causes Tyler to realize that he wants to be with Nora, he wants to be at this performing arts school. He So he, like, rushes off to go and dance in her senior showcase. I just feel like he didn't have to die for that. Yeah, I mean, like, like Tyler could have turned eighteen and been out of the foster system and had to figure out what he wanted to do on his own. Like that seems like a no bloodshed. Or Skinny could have been like threatened with a gun or something and been like, actually, like, no, please stop, don't shoot our thirteen year old brother. Yeah, it was it was very intense. Seemed unnecessary. Dwayne, I got some questions for you. Okay. Um, anyway, so he, after this tragic thing happens, he goes and he, um, dances in the showcase and it's, he doesn't just dance in the showcase. He shows up like five minutes before it starts and she's like, do you remember the steps? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he's super ready. Yeah. Yeah. Fits him great. Um, Nora is offered a spot in a professional dance company upon graduating just based on this performance alone. She's pretty great. She's amazing. Yeah. They're both really good in this scene. Yeah. It's the best dancing in the whole movie totally. is in this scene. And Tyler is admitted into the Maryland School of Arts as a transfer student, and then they make out. They really do. I actually was thinking while watching it, like, if people had made out this hardcore in front of, like, parents in a high school setting, like, people would be talking for years. Yeah. They'd be like, those horn dogs. Yeah. It was a great makeout scene. And honestly, it paid off because they had so much sexual energy and chemistry while they were dancing that when they finally like had a big makeout it was really satisfying totally so some fun trivia for you guys uh most jenna, people know this i know but it's important that we recognize i it. know jenna dewan and channing tatum married each other in 2009 after meeting on the side of this film so they met on the side of this film dated for five years got married in 2009 had a baby had a baby just the power of dance, I tell you. I know. But then they got divorced last year. 
But now they both seem very happy. Yes. Although, in preparing for this pod, I did a lot of, like, watching of Channing Tatum dance, like, appearances. Mm-hmm. Like, he was he did lip sync battle. Oh, yeah, and, with and, her. Yeah, and it was really heartbreaking, because that was not that long ago. And it was... And that was the episode where Beyonce comes on, and it was like, oh, oh my yeah. god. And it was just really sad to see how happy they were, like, not, like, 18 months ago, or whatever. It really it just broke my heart. It was very sad. Some other fun um, trivia. I think they're, like, peacefully divorced. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think it was the amicable. Yeah. Amicable is divorced can be. Totally. So another fun fact is that, um, obviously, this movie is very popular and has been um, dubbed in many languages for many countries, and a lot of the countries refer to this film as sexy dance, which is exactly what it is, so I do not, I think that that's perfect. Um, this movie has five sequels. That's insane. Step Up to colon The Streets. Step What's up, that one about? Did you read the description? Yes. So all of these films, and again, I'm not saying that my mistaking it for You Got Served was defensible, <laughs> however, all of these films... Then have a You Got Served plotline. One of them is set in Las Vegas. One of them is set in New York. Step Up to the Streets, sorry, Step Up to Colin the Streets is set in New York. And it starts as like two, a male and a female dancer, but then like dance crews get involved. And it's a battle of the dance crews. So there's like an actual conflict in those movies. Yes. Step Up 3D, I believe, takes in place in Miami. Again, dance crews. Step I actually up- remember when that came out. Because of, like, the per- promo around to the movie theaters. Oh, okay. I don't remember any of these, but apparently my brain is scrambled, and all the dance movies are the same. They are, though. Step of Revolution, or step, either Step Up 3D or Step of Revolution takes place in Las Vegas, and again... Oh, actually, maybe Step Up All In takes place in Las Vegas. Okay. That would make all sense. Right. Anyway, right. and finally, Step Up China. Takes place in China. Yes, Beijing. And it hasn't... It's in post-production. Oh, my God. It hasn't come out yet. But again, it's dance crews battling. Today, is it teens, though, or is it, like... Unclear. Okay. It's They didn't have enough information because it hasn't been released yet. Okay. But it I'm looks sure really good. the fans good. are rabid for it. Yes. Um, that's Step Up. And... And like, all of the sequels. And all of the sequels. <laughs> You're welcome. So how did you feel about these films on rewatch? Should we start with Footloose? Yes. Footloose is insane. Totally. But... And, like, the premise is insane, and, but honestly, I didn't care. Like, it was just so dynamic, and the, the scenes were so dynamic, and the teens mm-hmm. were so good. Mm-hmm. Like, Chris Penn and Sarah Jessica Parker, I was so impressed. Willard and Rusty. Yes. Yeah. They, I just was so enamored by their energy, and even though I didn't, like, Beaumont is a fictional town, I really got the sense of the town. Totally. And how constrictive it was. And the idea that, like, how important it is for teens to have music and to have that taken away from them. And, like, it reminded me of American Graffiti. Like, the music drives everything. Right. And so it was... I really appreciated the scenes where there was no music or there was, like, they were playing Haydn or, like, classical music. Totally. And it just felt really... The energy was really good. It was a great movie. Um, I loved it. I watched it when I was having, like, a very bad day. And I was happy when the Kenny Loggins theme song came on, like, in the opening credits. Yeah. And, excuse me, um, what I thought in, like, prepping for this is that, like, there really aren't teen movies that have this kind of, like, 
energy. Totally. I, I felt the same thing. Like, and I don't think that it's, um, obviously, like, a big dance number helps things be energetic. But I don't think that's it. Like, I don't think that there's, like, whatever the magic of teens being motivated to do something to like express themselves in a certain mm-hmm. way like I want more movies like that yeah I, I want agree. less romance plots which like I don't like but we, we don't need only romance yeah. teen movies yeah we don't need only major life conflicts like, I agree let's just rally towards something guys it, it gave me the same energy of like a remember the titans like yeah. we have this goal and we're and it's and we're feeling ourselves and we just want to express ourselves. I And you're uh, rooting for them. Yes. Like it's it's um yeah, that feeling of rooting for yeah. the teens and the teen spirit of it all. Absolutely. I I thought that this was it. amazing. I was, And Kevin Bacon. Oh my god. Just like I know I say this on a lot of our pods like, oh my god, such a movie star, but like such a yeah. movie star. And he um he didn't have, like, he was in the, when the movie was released, the reviews were not very kind to him. They just said that he was, like, like, not traditionally handsome and, like, had frizzy hair, not frizzy hair, but, like, sure. kooky hair or whatever. Yeah. And, like, I think they just kind of missed the, they were just like, this is a teen service movie. And, right. like, it is, but it also gave way to, like, a huge, like, well-respected actor. And, yeah. like... He's very good in this to talk, like, in his scenes with his parent, like, his mom and his aunts and uncles and, like, the scenes that he has with his cousins and just, like, throughout he care like, I think that um, he carries the movie in such a, like, yeah well-paced, well-executed, like, you are just, you want Ren to do well. Like, yes. No matter what. And you wouldn't... And he doesn't do anything wrong. No, and you wouldn't buy it if he was some chiseled no. meathead. Like, you, right. he has to be an outsider in a lot of ways. He has to be, like, you know, wearing the David Bowie skinny tie and, like, defending Slaughterhouse-Five to a group of adults right. as an amazing... He has to be kind... Like, if he was... You know, like, I couldn't even see um, an Emilio Estevez or a Rob Lowe in this kind of... Rob Lowe was tested for this. But again, I think he's... Honestly, I think he's way too his traditional, traditionally handsomeness would yeah, play yeah. against him. I agree. Like, you have to think that he is the kid that would, like, bring, you know, a, a cassette to school and, like, that that would be his thing. Like, music would be his thing. Right. He's, um... He's relatable in the fact that he shows up at the school and he's sharing with his new friends all of his interests. He's mm-hmm. talking about... The music clubs that he would sneak into in Chicago and the different albums and his different kind of like legends and or icons and he does such a great job in talking about his interests that he really conveys his like internal life. Totally. Um, and that's something that is really ter- proving to be quite rare in teen movies. We're yeah. like tragically how teens yeah. feel, but we're not really like shown why or how and mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah, I think it's just an iconic teen movie, and I'm I was thrilled to be rewatching it. Yeah, I think I'm gonna rewatch it more often, not like uh, regularly. I like, I mean, and the thing is, I remember watching it w- like when I was younger. I think like at my grandma's house, you know, it was just like yeah. one of those VHSs that you had. And but I I don't either. I couldn't relate to them because I was too young, 
or I don't know what it was, but I, was I never... I was just, like, wholly fixated on the dancing when I was younger. That true, yeah. That I didn't, like, really pay attention. And also, like, I can remember watching with my mom, who, like, loved Kevin Bacon, and so, like, her love for him, I was kind of like, all right. Right, okay. right, right. Totally. Um, but no, this movie was great. Yeah, I agree. It's great. Say the Last Dance, I had a lot of fun rewatching just because I watched it so much in, like, middle school going into high school and then... Really formative movie. Totally. And um, I also felt, like, kind of personally attacked rewatching this movie because... Why? I just, like, because Julia Stiles' hairstyle and, like, outfits yeah. was just so representative of how I dress... <laughs> And she, and she, they are so hideous. Her hairstyles and her clo- like her clothing. And I just want to be like, why didn't my friends tell me that? Because they were probably wearing the exact same thing. And then you saw it in a movie, and you were like, she's no. I it. literally was like, I want to look like Julia Stiles yeah. and say like, I want to braid my hair like that. Why would anyone let me do that? I mean, I did it too. It was just like <sighs> it was the thing, and it was like in magazines, and like there were like braiding tutorials in magazines yeah. that were like that. And I had... Bad times. Yes. And I had, I remember vividly, several adult women, strangers, like the lady at the DMV, the lady at Quiznos, telling me that I looked like Julia Stiles and being like, oh my God, that is such a compliment. And now I look at it and I'm like, you basically just told me that I looked like an undercooked pancake with... (laughs) Stop. Hideous brains. Stop. I'm just saying that Stop is what, God. come on, she does not look good in this. She looks great no. in 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, this is not her best look. Which is so surprising because they're only two years apart. Like, what changed? Is it the character? Is I Sarah think, just that bland? I think Sarah's pretty bland. And when I rewatched it, one of the big things about her blandness is that um, we... Like, when this movie came out, it was, we hadn't had a ton of, it, it was just, when this movie came out, I feel like we were just getting into, like, Elle Woods era of, like, having a dynamic leading woman have it be, not just a story about her, but, like, her story. Mm-hmm. And so, now I feel like we have, like, really cool women, but then, like, as an audience or producers weren't considering teenage girls needing role models. Not to say that Sarah's a bad role model, but she's just a bland role model. Yeah. And so her blandness becomes kind of the perfect canvas for teen girls to see themselves in. So it's like, oh, if I work hard and surround myself with people who are nice and take care of people, which is what Derek and Chanel are. They're people who, like care for others mm-hmm. and make the best of their situation and work really hard like oh then I can succeed and I can have all of my dreams like that's the message that comes out of this movie um and I think that we've like moved away from that okay I just and the thing is rewatching it it wasn't that because she does she stands up for herself she gets into that fight with Nikki Derek's ex-girlfriend it's not really a fight so much as like Nikki that's not it's a fight about a boy. I know, but I'm just saying, like, it's not... She's not just a fly on the wall. No. She's very active and it tries very hard to, like, become a part of the school. She does. In the most whitewashed way possible. And I also right. think that's just the audience at the times. Like, we were really that's only right. comfortable... Yes. Like, we were really only comfortable entering this black school if we had this 
white protagonist right. to help us navigate it and exactly my yes so exactly okay so yeah. I buy that anyway um I was like very very into hip hop in high school and as, as in high I, school yeah you still are oh no but like, I mean like but this was in high school like hip hop was not I mean I grew up in Madison right, right. Wisconsin okay. hip hop was not as ubiquitous as it, as it is now totally and, like, you know, we would try to get the radio station from Milwaukee on because Madison's pop station did not play that much hip-hop. Like, you'd have to, like, really search for it. Interesting. Yeah, and, I mean, I had an older brother and his friends, and they all listened to hip-hop. And, right. like, it, it didn't take much time for it to become, like, totally accepted as, like, the most popular music. Right. But it just took a little bit longer in Wisconsin. And I'm <laughs> sure you can understand why. Yeah, I mean, it still hasn't happened in Massachusetts, so don't so, worry. Um, so I remember just being, like, think, like wishing that a place like Steps existed because there was nowhere to hear that. And, like, there was no... Like, the only teenage hangouts were still, like... One place was, like, called The Loft, and they only had, like, bands. Like, mm-hmm. you would go to hear, like, alternative music, or but there was no... We didn't have teenage hangouts in the situation. I mean, I never went to them, because, like, it wasn't... We had, the... like, people's basements. Right, so same thing, but, like, no one was going to come to, like... Right. No one was having these kind of parties. Like, even when I hosted, like, parties, and we listened to hip-hop music, like, it wasn't, like... This. Right. right. It was a white girl DJing the hip-hop music that she knew. Yeah. And I tried. I mean, I, I did my best. <laughs> I know. I mean, I watched a lot of a lot of music videos. Um, Should we so, talk about Carrie Washington in this movie? Oh, though? my God. I can't believe I forgot she was in this. So, I did not forget that she was in this. But I forgot just how much of the movie is hers. Like... I, th- I kind of forgot a lot of the plot about the movie, to be honest, but she just commands every scene mm-hmm. that she's in, and she talks so fast at such a clip, yeah. in such, like, um, authority to, like, she's the queen of the school, mm-hmm. and she's not a mean girl, she is just a boss, and mm-hmm. totally in charge, and, um... Then the flip side of that is that she's a single, a teen, a single teen mom, and so you see see her vulnerability levels with that in a very nuanced way for a teen movie. I agree. Um, and yeah, I also then looked up Carrie Washington then and now, and she looks truly exactly the same. It's incredible. And her, and here's the thing: it's like. I don't know. I mean, obviously, it was intentional to, like, make Sarah as, like... White. White as possible. But it's just... Chenille just shines in every scene. And it's just so... I mean, she is acting circles around Julia Styles. Yeah. And you just... And I mean, maybe that is the other thing, is that, like, Julia Styles was never going to be able to shine as brightly as Carrie Washington in this movie. Right. Because you just can't... I mean, even... And, and Sean Patrick Thomas, too. Like... The scenes where it was him and Chenille, there was so much energy on screen. Yeah. And then Julia Stiles walks in and you're like, oh, fuck. In that scene when he gets into college. Yes. She literally, he's literally, she literally, Julia Stiles walks into the kitchen and their family's like celebrating that he got into college. And she's just standing there and she's like, congratulations. And like she, gives him a hug. And yeah. I, I was just like, oh, this is so awkward. I know. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were the wallpaper. <laughs> I didn't see you there. And I'm not anti-Julia Stiles. Me neither. And that's the thing is I think she has 
the energy that Carrie Washington has in this film, I think she has in 10 Things I Hate About You. So right. I'm but not... I also think that we are forgetting that we loved this movie when it came out. I've st- watched it a million times. And, I and t- so we couldn't have... We're only critical of Julia Stiles' performance because we're looking back at things sure. with a more critical lens. Yeah. Which, yeah, I just think that, like, her blandness served a purpose in this it movie. It did, and I... I'm, I'm just saying, like, I love this movie, and I know, like, now rewatching it, I can tell that the thing that drove me to love this movie was not her. As much, totally. As much as I connected with her at the time, rewatching it, I was like, that's not the reason you love this movie. The scenes with Derek and Chenille and the dancing scenes, like, and the music and the, the vibrancy came from everyone else but Julia Stiles. Totally. And perhaps that was intentional. I mean, I have to think that it was. We do root for her, though. 100%. Because yeah. she's not bad. Like, her character is not bad. It's just, she, yeah. like, um, she's not really the star of this film. No. Which is not. fine. This is like an ensemble film, really. Yeah, I agree. Um, how much did you have, like, a major flashback hearing that song? Oh, like the, the, sta- the, the, sta- the Save the Last Dance of song. Of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, I mean, I must have listened to that song. A bajillion times. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, that song was played at my, like, high school dances. Oh, like, yeah. So, you know. Um, the other thing that struck me on rewatching this is, like, I wasn't totally paying, like, the closest attention. Like, I was watching, and then when they get to the club and Malachi's there... And they say the name Malachi, like, I was like, oh, Malachi's the bad guy. I, rem- I remember now. Like, it's because it's a very distinctive name. Yes. And the way that they, like, deliver it is yeah. like, we are now heavy-handedly telling you this is an important character. Yeah. Malachi is here. Well, and they also call him Kai for short, yeah. which is my brother's oh, right. actual name. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I just... There were just so many, like, triggers in this movie where I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I remember watching this film and be like, my brother's also named Kai. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, my God. I was such a loser. No. Yeah. No. Uh, rewatching Step Up was very fun, too, because I got to realize that Step Up and You Got Served are not the same movie. Um, it was also fun for me to have you realize that and tell me, and I laughed so hard. I had to take a quick walk. <laughs> she texted me while I was at work, and I had to just collect myself. Um, it was... I, I just could not believe that she not only didn't realize it, but didn't realize it until, like, she had completed the film. Like, it yeah. wasn't like, oh, we're going to watch Step Up next week, and Blythe was like, oh, shit. It's not... Yeah, I was literally watching it, and I was like, the movie is almost over. I was like, so there's not a dance battle? Because I was... I remember. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a lot. Um, um, Step Up is fine. It was, like, kind of hard to get through. Yeah. Channing Tatum is a total dreamboat. I really appreciate the character of Brett because I love a good jerk. And he has that one line that was amazing where um, Tyler, Channing Tatum's character, is, like, late. And so Nora is hanging out in Brett's, like, music studio, which is in a school wide open. And Tyler walks in and... Brett is singing and he comes out and he goes, this is a closed studio, man. <laughs> and you're like, you have history in four right. minutes. Like, or you're still in high they, school. Or do they? Like, I'm not. something. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I loved that and that made me laugh out loud. Um, I just feel like there are people, like, I, my sister was a really big dancer. And one of my best friends was a really big dancer. 
And so I felt like with Step Up, like, when it came out, it, it, I saw it a lot, but it wasn't, like, for me. Yeah. Like, it was for two people that I was very close with and watched a lot of TV with. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I really OD'd on Step Up in a way that, like, you know... Yeah. If you don't like chocolate chip cookies and all you get served is chocolate chip cookies, you're never really going to want to eat chocolate chip cookies. I also feel like Step Up came around when they're, like, this whole dance thing was just sort of, like, really blossoming. Like, you had, like, yeah. America's Next Best Dance Crew and you had Dancing with the Stars and you had all these, like, reality shows were starting to really, like, I don't game. know if America's Best Dance Crew. I think that might have come after this. Oh no, you're no, right. No, I think it came. I think it even came before. Jenna doing Jenna doing now has a show called World of Dance. Okay, with J Lo. Yes. So like now you have and and my friend and my friend Becca will like text me like every week like oh my god look at these dancers like you know like now dance studios across the country have like YouTube channels where you can like watch their dances dance and it's house. like more impressive than what they did in this film. So I feel like you can watch a version of Step Up that is with real people in real time that is more dynamic than, like, most of this film, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, But, like, I think it's always going to have a really nostalgic place for people because, like, they met and found love and got married. To- oh, yeah, for and sure. He's no, and I think And I think their chemistry is great, and I think they're actual dancing is amazing i'm just i'm glad we li- now live in a world where i can like watch beyonce's homecoming and see the choreography totally. and i can watch the internet has changed you, you know and i can yeah. go to a dance class at 305 fitness and like <laughs> have my little have not yet <laughs> have my little like step up fantasy of my own totally. like it's you know much more accessible and i think totally at the time it was very like no, I don't want to say revolutionary. It was just, it was definitely feeding a need. There was a need for a dance movie, and this fulfilled it. Totally. And as to whether or not these are good teen movies, I would say Footloose for sure. Yeah, like I said. I'm going to show my kids this movie. It's a canon movie. Absolutely. Save a lot of dance, I think so, just because of what we said of, like, it being of a time, and the wardrobe, and the language, and the music, and Carrie Washington, and it's just... There's nothing bad about Save the Last Dance. No, absolutely not. And it does, like, give a glimpse into that, like, early 2000s vibe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Step Which Up, I'm, I'm... fashion has really improved since then. Step Up, like... I thought... I think it's a great teen movie because I think that teenage girls loved it, and I don't think it's going to age particularly well, but... Like I've said in talking about other Training Tatum movies, I think that he just really had such a teen moment that, mm-hmm. like, you know, that's valuable. And I will say, if Step Up is what led him to do, like, Magic Mike, then it's wonderful. Because Magic Mike is one of the, my favorite movies. Amen. All right, it's time for awards. Yes. Life. Yes. What did you find to be the most true-to-life teen moment? Julia Stiles showing up to a high school dance dressed like a sister wife from Big Love was very, very <laughs> true to my teen life. Um, I've already said that I showed up to my very first high school dance in like a full prom regalia. Yeah, yeah. That embarrassment didn't fully end. Like I never really figured out how to dress for these dances. It was like 
wear low cut jeans <laughs> and a spaghetti tank top. And I was like, oh, I have a hog body because I haven't like really developed yet. And don't talk about yourself like it's, that. Even if you're a teen, you have to love your teenage, your preteen self. It's fine. Adore Delano had, has a hog body. It's fine. That She's a drag race okay. um, a contestant. I like that phrase. Anyway, so her like showing up in her outfit and be like, but it's from the gap was like oh, yeah, that was a great line. Really tragic, but also like, oh god, I wore so many unfortunate like American Eagle cardigan tank top sweater sets to dance. Yes, yeah, totally. And was like, why doesn't people why don't people think I'm cool? <laughs> why doesn't anyone dance with me? Oh, yeah. nice. but it's not my fault. That's what they were selling, you know. We were selling at the West Town Mall. What was I supposed to do? So I agree with you because I didn't. I wasn't very cool for dances either. But the other, um, the other thing that was really relatable is when Ariel gets into a big fight with her dad, and she's like not doing anything wrong, and he's just exerting power. Mm. That was like, and they're like yelling on the stairs. Mm. Like all of my fights with my father seemed to be on the stairs for some reason. I love a good stair yell. Yeah. What about least true to teen life? Okay, so Nora in Step Up is a, a rich girl, and she um, she's you know so into dancing, and she's so good at dancing. So she's so good at dancing. She's so into dancing, and she works really hard at it. But um, you know her mom is like not super supportive of it the whole movie, and so her mom says like you remember our deal. If you don't get a job after the showcase, then you have to go to college. Your applications from Brown and Cornell are here. Like, here's your backup plan, an <laughs> Ivy League school. What? We don't even see this girl have a book in her hand. No, it's true. It's very clear that she's at, like, a music conservatory right. of sorts. Right. And I don't, I mean, I I didn't go to the school, so I don't know what it's like to apply to those schools, but I assume that you have to have more than, like, a... A 4.0 in dance? Yeah, right. probably. I mean, you know, probably. Um, so that that made me gawk. What's the what's the Legally Blonde line? She does have a 4.0 in <laughs> fashion accessorizing. <laughs> Elle Woods is one of a kind, though. It's true. Nora is no Elle Woods. Uh, for me, the least true-to-life teen moment was just... So there were... So either going to a high school where dance is outlawed <laughs> seemed very not true to life. Um, and then also going to the opposite, like step up, going to a school where literally everyone is a professional dancer and like magically knows the choreography to every single song that comes on. Both of those are a little like, this is not... Not real. This is not real. It's got me thinking, like, maybe we should choreograph a dance so that when we go to people's weddings, we can do a So, I know I keep talking about Becca, because I love her, but she, we frequently are like, let's just learn these steps so that, you know, next, you the next time the opportunity presents itself, we will have a choreographed dance ready I'm to go. I'm into it. I'm into it. But the thing is, Becca's a really good dancer, and I am like... You're a good dancer. I'm, um... You and Billy cut a rug at a wedding. My boyfriend is a very good dancer, and we have so much fun at weddings dancing together. Your boyfriend also says, dancing's not hard, it's just counting. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's true. And sometimes he says it in a really encouraging way, like, dancing's not hard, it's just counting. And sometimes when he's like, why is this person dancing so poorly? He's like, dancing's not hard, it's just counting. <laughs> but I've heard that phrase many a time. He I, would do a choreographed dance with you, I bet. I bet he would. I bet he would enjoy it, too. Oh, yeah. He'd be like... Like, can you tighten up your phone? No, for right? real. He would be like, <laughs> and um, one and two. And can I get a new partner? <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think the best get out of my room expression of angst was? So for me, although now I've learned that it's not Kevin Bacon dancing, but the Kevin Bacon scene where he drives yeah. his car to an abandoned poultry fact. I don't really know where it is. Uh, there's absolutely nothing to indicate that chickens are involved at all. Okay. I don't know why you just said it was an abandoned it's some abandoned factory of some sort. I don't know. That's I you know I'm from an agricultural sure, sure. state, so that's sure. where my mind goes. All right, so some abandoned warehouse warehouse of some sort, and he just like dances his feelings out. He puts the song on the radio. He puts his tape cassette in. He's got a beer. Who knows where he got the beer from? And he's just like, I mean, it really gave me all the feels. And I've had those moments where you just have to dance it oh, out yeah. in your bedroom. And you're just like, God, yeah. Mom, Dad, this I mean, whole town. I have danced out moments at 29 oh, years old 100%. in this apartment yes. that we're sitting in right yeah. now. Sometimes Matt witnesses them, sometimes he doesn't. And the worst is when he witnesses them, but my headphones are in, so he's mm-hmm. just like, what are you doing? Yeah. And you're like, it's counting, Matt. Yeah. One Learn and it. two and three and four. <laughs> so that was like very resonant. Also, and also, a note that I want to make across all of these movies, they all practice dancing in warehouses. Every yeah. single one of them. Where else can you do it? you got to do it. I don't know. Find a warehouse. And it really reminded me of Jimmy Jr. from Bob's Burgers. You watch Bob's Burgers? I watch Bob's Burgers. That is your next thing to watch because okay. Bob's Burgers is so moving, so funny, so wonderful. It's not a Bob's Burgers podcast, but it's one of the best shows on television. And Jimmy Jr. is basically Kevin Bacon. He is this like middle schooler who's obsessed with dancing, and his father doesn't understand him, and he just likes to dance all of his feelings out. Good for Jimmy Jr. And it's wonderful. It's He's such a heartwarming character. And Tina Belcher's obsessed with him. And his butt. <laughs> you don't? Yeah. Um, so I had wrote about the stairs as my most relatable teen angst moment, but I actually think that a relatable angsty moment is when um, Derek and Sarah get into a fight. Like, that mm-hmm. fight was, like, pretty, like... Felt true to teen. Absolutely. Because it was just kind of like, it escalated mm-hmm. quickly, but con- but clearly. Like, a yes. lot of teen movies, you're just kind of like, how did we get here? Um, and the way that they were, like, moving around in the space was also very, like, they had the defense mechanisms of teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both were just kind of like, you're out of line. Yes. And, yeah, that was a, I thought that was a great teen fight. And I think that was, honestly, Julia Stiles' best part of the movie because she it was very clear like what she was trying to do was she cannot adequately explain her feelings because she does feel so conflicted right and and that is such a teenage feeling and she did it so well you yeah. totally bought in that she was like Have saying things out. and then immediately regretting saying them but couldn't walk it back because it was already out of her mouth oh, yeah. and sean patrick thomas was like okay you're saying all this stuff so you must mean it so like i'm gonna balance because like i don't need right. this and 
Oh my god, I so agree. That was yeah. that was so such a perfect fight scene. Yeah. Well done. Okay, we're gonna move over to, to our sleepover games and our superlatives. Let's start. We have a shocker channel award to give out. Oh I'm sorry. Uh it's for Son Patrick Thomas. He was thirty one. Which when I read that today I was like, Oh, that checks out. Like he's so confident and yes. chill in the yes. movie. I was like, Oh, because he's a thirty one year old. There is no part of him. He already he I'm like, You are a pediatrician. Right. You're like, right. <laughs> you already made it. Like Right. It's How true. <laughs> exactly. He is like so just confident and like a self-contained fully formed person yeah definitely so moving on sleepover games superlatives fuck Mary kill you want to go first sure okay um three choices okay chuck mm-hmm. brett mm. willard oh my gosh mary willard right but willard is known to scrap it's okay i can handle it okay i also have a beloved who's known to scrap. <laughs> <laughs> Not like Willard. No. no. Uh, he he would like. <laughs> Willard, I would marry. Um, uh, I would I would fuck Chuck because it rhymes. Oh, good one. <laughs> and I would kill Brett. Brett is terrible. Brett's what a bad. fucking wannabe vanilla eyes loser. Yeah. But way to go, to Josh Henderson, for really pulling that off. Yeah, he did a good job. Um, I actually like. I find Willard very charming. I, I both the sh- the Chris Penn and the Miles Teller versions. Yeah, well, jury's still out on Miles Teller as a human. I think. Okay, I don't know enough to comment, but I like his face. Yeah, and he's very charming. When we talk about the spectacular now, I'll have a lot to say yeah, about him. I same. For you, I'm giving you three leading men. Oh. I'm giving you Ren and Tyler and Derek. Fuck Mary Kill. You do. I think I'm gonna kill Ren. Fair. Um, definitely like who would pass up the chance to have sex with Channing Tatum? Or Sean Patrick Thomas. Well no, Sean Patrick Thomas, like I would love to marry as a pediatrician's wife. Yes. And just also have sex. And also, then I would get to be Chanel's sister-in-law. That's true. That uh, yeah. That that alone. Oh my god, your Thanksgivings are gonna be so fun. Right? (sighs) You're so lucky. Yeah. (laughs) Good just in Chicago. (laughs) Uh, And you're fucking Tyler, which is yeah. Yeah, not behind anyone's back. No, no, no. Before I met Derek. Right. Um. Okay. And he and and. What's her face for long? Their relationship is over. So, what I'm about to say though, my next answer for this next game totally contradicts what I know said. because we're gonna do biggest crush, and yeah. I see that here. I put Kevin Bacon. Right, and right. I just killed him. I did just kill him, but because you two want to pass up an opportunity to sleep with Jeff. Yeah, and pretty much. Him. Pretty much. Um, but I will say that like, I feel like a crush is like a fun thing and. Kevin Bacon is so fun. Like, yeah. he's just the fun... He is the funnest. He's yeah. not serious. He's, like, really just... Like, I would totally have a crush on him. Yeah, I see that. My biggest crush was on Sean Petter Thomas. I had a huge crush on him when this movie came out. I have a huge crush on him now. The moment he smiled, I was, oh like, melting. Oh, my God. His teeth are so perfect. He has such a beautiful smile. And when the scene where Julia Stiles is like, that guy's such an asshole. And they're like, why do you say that? And he's like, he's such a know-it-all. And he thinks he's so cute. It's like, no, he girl. Is so you cute. think he's so cute. 
Because he is. He's um, so crushable. And also, I've heard, for all of you good wife, good fight fans out there, I've heard that he's on this current season. I'm behind. I'm usually not behind on The Good Fight, but I've heard that Sean Patrick Thomas is on this season of The Good Fight. That is reason enough for me to watch it. I... The idea of seeing Christine Baranski and Sean Patrick Thomas in a scene together... And Audrey McDonald. Just gave me chills. 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 Okay. I know what I'm doing this weekend. Yeah. Cool. Superlatives. More superlatives. Best dancer. I said Channing and Jenna together. I said Kevin Bacon's <laughs> dancing double. Which is the accurate answer. Amazing. So athletic. We also have cutest couple. Who do you have? Um, well, you have to go first, because I oh, agree okay. with you. My cutest couple were Rusty and Willard, specifically Sarah Jessica Parker and Chris Penn. They were so cute. Yeah. I They were kind of cute in the remake, too. They the were. The played Rusty was pretty cute. Yes, but they were even Ooh. cuter in Yeah, the I think Sarah Jessica Parker is great in this movie, um, and... Like, just plays, like, a very sweet girlfriend, like, and t- still totally spunky. So I agree with you on that. But I didn't hate Derek and Sarah. No. I, I, I bought they, into them. Yes, they were cute. I don't know how long they'd last together, but, like, I bought into them. Yeah. Uh, worst parents? Oh, I didn't fill this out, did I? I, you... <laughs> and I printed this. <laughs> so, uh, Erin came up with the superlatives this week. I did. So, the fact that she Sorry. doesn't... <laughs> Erin didn't finish her homework, which is fine. I didn't I did her it. homework. Um, worst parents was the category Erin had, which I think is a great category, and we're probably going to do it again. I said Channing Tatum's foster dad seems like a real piece of shit. Because he yeah. literally is when an alcoholic. When he gets the beer like, replaced in his hand, Yeah, and like yells at the kids, and Channing Tatum has like a really, like, it's not even snarky, it's just a very, like, um uncomplimentary line when he says, why do you care? Like, you get the check every month for having foster kids. Like, yeah. So it's very clear that he does not care about the kids and just cares about collecting money so that he can... He's a bad parent. Yeah. Um, I would also say that Julia Stiles' dad, Sarah's dad, is, like, kind of bad in the beginning. Not as bad as the foster care guy. Yeah. But he's, like, a little too dopey and a little too, like, oh, feel bad for me because I chose to not be a part of your life. Yeah. I definitely had on a rewatch, was, like, trying to be more sympathetic to Roy. I, I was less sympathetic to Roy on a rewatch. Because I was like, oh, you know, his... Her mom died really tragically, so he really wasn't prepared. He didn't know that he was going to all of a sudden have this, like, teenage daughter. He's still pretty rude. He is, and it's not an excuse. And he... There is that sweet scene where he, like... Makes the room. Makes her room up. And it's like, the, the paint is still wet? I'm sorry, sir. You don't push furniture against the wall if the paint is wet. Yeah. Dumb dumb. Dumb dumb. Roy is Aaron's worst parent, for sure. So, for Crown, uh, a prom king and queen of the episode, I... We're unanimous on this. Oh, we are. Cool. I said Ren for prom king and Chenille for prom queen. I just don't see any universe where Chenille is not crowned prom queen. She rules that school. She's so likable. She's so wonderful, but doesn't take shit. She's perfect. Perfect. And Ren, like... You know, he threw the prom, guys. Yeah, Ren brought this dinky town back to life. Totally. Yeah, so you're welcome. Do you think there should be a remake of any of these films? Uh, We talked about (laughs) a horrible remake of Footloose. No, I don't. I think we've already had several iterations of Step Up, so that has already been remade in many ways. I think 
I think it'd be nice to see a Save the Last Dance for now. Like, if we could... some. I wouldn't want to... Again, I would never want a scene-for-scene remake of any of these movies. But I do think there is a story to be told... About... About interracial yeah. dating, or oh, yeah. even about... Or even, like, don't even make it interracial. Like, just have it be people of color in a movie about dancing that has isn't about, like, dance crews and, like, this really sort of... I don't want to say clownish, but, like, it, that's... A, it wasn't a very, like, theatrical dance. Yes. Like, it's it just... Grounded. Yeah. Have, like, a love story that's about high schoolers dancing, because I loved going to high school dances, and it was never romantic. It was always me and my friends. <laughs> like... Sorry, my dog is making a horrible noise. <laughs> um... <laughs> Can't cut that out. Aaron keeps her boyfriend in a cage, and no, he's just like it's shaking. The... It's Alice. Um, she's just looking at us, staring indignantly. I was gonna ask you this: Did you like go to high school dances with boys? Mm-mm. Yeah, no. me neither. Oh no! Like I went with like my a big group of my girlfriends, and we had a really yeah. good time. But no one ever like a boy would. No, I was not. Like, boys didn't ask. As far as I, in my understanding, like, guys did not ask girls to dances, or maybe they just didn't ask me. No, if you were, like, dating someone, then you would go with them, but I would just date anyone in high school. Yeah. If I was a loser. (laughs) I dated guys, but they weren't, like, they didn't like high school dances, Mm because I feel like, unfortunately, like, men don't gravitate towards dancing dancing as much as they probably should. Like, I know so many guys who don't dance, so I know I have a real gem. Billy. You do have a real gem, Billy. Shout out to Billy's mom, because he credits her for his dance moves. Oh my god, I didn't even know that. That's so sweet. Cute. Maybe he was just pulling my leg. But I don't think so. I mean, Pat Gaffney loves an open mic, so. Yep. Um, should our parents have allowed us to watch these movies? Totally. Yeah, they're fine. They're They're totally fine. they're, They're PG- yeah, and really... PG-13 with some gun violence. Yeah, uh, right. And Malachi's fiery death. Um, oh, no, he doesn't no, die. Skinny dies. Right. Malachi crashes into a bit. Yeah, and gets arrested. But no one dies in that scene. Which is stunning, because it's a... It's like a very serious drive-by with, like... A huge car fire. Yeah. And, huge. And, like, point-blank, very close range yeah. shots. But no one's even the Chenille's baby's father is even in the car and he's hit but he he's not wounded. Somehow I missed that. I didn't yeah, know he, Kenny was in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but I I wouldn't I would say that these are totally like kosher teen films to watch. Agree. At, at, I mean I watched it when I was like twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. The best teen movie category Obviously Footloose. Obviously. It's so good. Yeah. If you so, haven't watched it, I feel like we've evangelized it a lot. If you haven't watched it, highly recommend. 1984, Footloose. Very fun. Campy. Great. Music. Amazing. Amazing. Kenny Loggins. What more do you need? Aaron, what is our next episode theme? Can you give us a little teaser? Next week's episode is going to be a robust one. Mm. We've got four movies, and they're all featuring some California teens. Yes! It's gonna be great. California. We won't talk about California. <laughs> here we come. Oh. Life is so excited. <laughs> yeah, so that's what's up. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.